As the pandemic continues and parents look ahead to another three months of full-time work, full-time parenting and, let's face it, full-time mental fatigue, how can overwhelmed parents make themselves a priority? Hello, thanks for joining me for this edition of You OK. Whether you're a parent or the friend of parents, as I am, you'll know that this current crisis presents parents with a particular set of challenges. This whole podcast exists because of a call I had with a friend of mine back at the start of all of this when she said to me that she just felt like I'm failing at everything. And let me tell you, she is a total rock star. So my heart went out to her, especially because... I could see that she and her husband were turning themselves inside out to keep the show on the road. Today, I'm joined by broadcaster and author Louise McSharry and cognitive behavioural therapist Neve Connolly to talk about the experience of parenting in a pandemic. What's happening to our brains and our bodies when we feel overwhelmed? And what are some of the strategies that can help? Whether you've children or not, you'll get something from this chat. And if you're a parent at the end of your tether, you're not alone. It's been really tough and I think that anyone who's not having a tough time is probably lying um, because we are living in, you know, difficult times anyway without any kind of added pressure. And when you are trying to manage the feelings of a small person on top of keeping them alive, uh, on top of your own feelings, you know, it's it's really difficult. I have two kids. uh, Sam is three and a half and Ted just turned one and um, they both have a lot of needs. So there's just not a lot of time to be a person within all of that and then Sam is uh, what they would call um, I think they say like a willful child spirited child Um, so you know he can be difficult to manage at the best times and when you take him out of his routine and tell him that he can't see any of the people he usually sees and no sorry you actually can't go out and play on the green you know all of that stuff is, is difficult for him to take. I think as well there's an element I don't have kids but the friends of mine that do I'm struck by The relentlessness of it at the moment. There is just any of the usual structures that you have to factor in a little break here and there or whether it's childcare or family members or going on playdates. None of that is there. Yeah, it's really tough because uh, there's all of the mundanity, mundanity, mundanity of um, of daily life being exactly the same every day, and then also the relentlessness of yeah, there there is no breaks really um, from parenting. And you know, I I kind of had a big rant on Twitter recently because I I saw that there were some narratives about people acknowledging the fact that that's difficult, which were like, oh sure, you had kids, you knew what to expect, and like no, no, because we didn't expect a pandemic a global pandemic which meant that for 70 days we would be at home with our children 24 hours a day um, and that there would be no kind of socializing you know I've spent quite a lot of time with my kids over, since since I became a mother uh, just through my working hours and um, maternity leaves and the like I've had a lot of time as a full-time parent air quotes um, you know without working outside the home or working uh, you know during times when they were kind of asleep so I've done a lot of it and it's not the same as this because you can go and you can meet your friend who has kids and then the kids all play together and you can talk to your friend and you feel like a person within it all or you can go um, you know to the supermarket together and there are some distractions or go to the playground and you know there's none of that now and it is relentless and it feels relentless and then if you add in sleep deprivation which a lot of people are experiencing you know if you have a baby or someone who doesn't sleep through the night or if you have children like mine who think that five o'clock is when the day starts you know you're exhausted on top of that and then you're supposed to be doing your full-time job. 
So, you know, it is relentless and it's difficult. I know we have a bit of a time frame now, but certainly when we didn't have that, I found that really difficult, that kind of idea that, you know, when is this going to be over? Is this just my life now? And I find even now that I know that there will be an end point and there is a light at the end of the tunnel, I still find that hard to to feel. I know it in my head but I don't necessarily feel it. So I do still have days where I'm like, I cannot believe that this is my life. Neve, based on what Louise is saying, is that does that sound familiar to you based on stuff that you're hearing from clients and hearing around about the place? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I think parenting is, you know, it's the hardest job in the world anyway. You know, and exactly like Louise is saying, normally you would have a, a structure. You'd have some sort of a timetable during your week. You would know where you were going and what you were doing. And you would have, some, you know, multiple, hopefully, supports in place, whether it's a childminder or a creche, family, friends, like Louise is saying, that kind of informal, you know, you can ring someone and saying, oh my God, the kids are driving me cracked. You know, let's meet up and let them blow off a bit of steam and we can compare notes and you come home and you feel a little bit more rational or you feel like you've vented and then it breaks the day. Whereas all of that has gone. And I think, like Louise is saying, I think people, if if they're saying they're breezing through this or, you know, I don't think anyone's saying they're breezing through it, but if they're not struggling, they must have uh, really good supports. They must have a partner maybe that's not working or kids that are a bit older, because I think, you know, this is just so difficult as adults, we're finding this difficult mm. and we have our full cognitive abilities. Like I think particularly the under fives, they mm. don't understand what's going on. They thrive on their routine and then that's been whipped away and we can't really explain to them what's going on because it's such, you know, it's a difficult concept, this idea of a virus and the potential of threat. So it's, yeah, it's extremely common and it's, you know, it's extremely normal and it's great that, you know, somebody like Louise who has a, you know, a pu- public platform is being vocal about this and and calling this out and and being real and not trying to pretend or put a gloss somehow on how difficult this is. This idea that downplaying it, sort of going, oh, well, you know, I'm just I'm just at home with the kids or I'm just working part time and I'm mostly with the kids and whatever. Like, it's so damaging for us to keep labelling parenting as something that is not work. (laughs) One of the big problems is that taking care of children, particularly small children, is a full time job. It takes up all of your time. So to be expected to do that full time job and then also do your additional full time job is just it's 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 impossible. It's completely unrealistic and it's placing so much pressure on parents. And then there's the added, as you said, pressure to kind of act like, oh, it's great like everything's breezy you know no like that that cannot be because they are two full-time jobs and I saw one frustrated single mother at the start of this on Twitter saying oh well now now parents know what it's really like she was a a stay-at-home mother um who who was also a single parent and you know I I just wanted to say all I think about (laughs) all I have thought about since I had children is how lucky I am that that is not my situation because I don't have it in me I know that I am not the best thing for my children in this non-stop full-time capacity. So then you have, in addition to, to all of those other pressures, you have that guilt of, you know, I'm not doing this well enough. You know, someone else would be better at this. The person who I, I pay to help support me in my parenting would be doing this aspect, this particular bit of play, this arts and crafts, whatever it is, better than I'm doing it now. So it is so layered, all of the kind of pressures that, that parents are experiencing at the moment. And I think, yeah, to pretend that it's not is you know is just 
crazy and doesn't do anyone any good. There's assumptions as well that are made about women that were born mothers. Do you know that we're naturally maternal, we're naturally good at arts and crafts and baking and, you know, that this stuff comes easily. And I think that goes to what you're saying, Louise, that this is actually a job, you know, and that's not necessarily true. You know, everybody is on a spectrum of their experiences and their, their talents and what they're interested in and what they're good at. And, you know, there are assumptions and there's societal expectations as well. Um, you know, when people are, you know, married first or, you know, any children, any children, you know, and mm. like young girl or single girls, you know, any boyfriend you married yet, there's this expectation that this is the ultimate and inevitable kind of role mm. um, for women. And, and it's just, you know, and all of that adds then to these pressures that, you're, you know, we're naturally good at this stuff. Um, that I think it's just as you're saying it's just really unhelpful it's funny actually because I totally bought into that um, and I didn't realise how much I'd bought into that until I became a mother and then realised that hang on a second I'm still the person that I was yesterday I where is where I I still am selfish and I still care about my own things and I I don't want to sacrifice literally everything in my life for this child like why has that not happened I've had the baby why am I not the mom now um, the magic dust yeah exactly <laughs> and it was a real kind of oh god no that's not that's actually not how it works moment for me you don't yeah. you know we're all just yeah. human beings doing our best at the end of the day you know we add in then the Irish propensity to martyrdom mm. do you know where we self-sacrifice and usher to mind me and you know we put ourselves last you know it just becomes this cauldron then of of suffering and this guilt and feeling I'm doing something wrong or what's wrong with me I just think then if you boil all that down into a pandemic it really really you know and it is concerning I, I do think there's people who are under very serious pressure uh, solo parenting mm-hmm. you know in amongst this whole myriad of, of difficulty. I think it helps our children not to see their parents as one dimensional beings like it is best for them to understand you know it's that Loudon Wainwright song your parents are people that's all they can be you know and that's the bottom line and it's 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 fundamentally good to show them those sides and to be able to sort of explain to them look you know yeah ordinarily we could do this a little bit longer but like mom's really tired or dad's really struggling to balance lots of things and I know if they're really tiny they're not going to get that but it's important for us to voice this stuff and not keep suppressing it it's so damaging I've worked with parents in the past and they would be maybe have snapped at the kids or been irritable or angry and feel really guilty. Um, and my response would always be, you know, our children need to understand that we're human. We have limits. We have boundaries. You know, there's only so much we can do if they keep pushing. And when we're tired, they need and that's part of their learning as well to spot uh, social signals in, in somebody else and their parents are their first role model for that. Mm-hmm. So if you can say to them, you know, I'm putting my needs first, not yours right now. It's difficult for the child, but it helps them learn. And it also it's good for us to say I matter too. You know, yeah. I'm not always at the end of the queue. I actually had this very conversation with a friend of mine this week because she had one of those moments where she snapped and she felt really mm-hmm. bad about it. And I was saying, look, I just think we've all had those moments, particularly in, during this time period. And, um, you know, she had had a conversation with him. She'd apologised and said, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, I'm just really, I'm very tired and, and I'm really frustrated and you weren't listening to me and I was finding that difficult. And I said, you know, I think 
that's all you can do and I've done it myself you know I've said you know where my son has said I didn't like that I don't like it when you shout um, not that shouting is a rarity unfortunately at the moment but he, he said you know I don't like it when you shout and I said I know that and, and I don't like it when I shout and I'm sorry that I shouted I lost my temper um, and I shouldn't have done that and I'm sorry but I think it's that's okay you know and it's okay to be fallible because you know if you are aiming for perfection you're just going to fail every time that's an opportunity for learning for Sam you know if he's going I didn't like that you could go okay I didn't like it either so let's work together or what Mm. can we do or when you get in a situation where you don't like something that's so important I think Mm. for children and they're starting to be self-aware then okay okay I really annoyed mom or she asked me to pick up the stuff and I didn't pick it up and it's there that they're starting to learn then I have a role here I can help or I can change or I can bring about something In terms of what we were talking about at the outset, this idea of spinning all the plates and trying to just keep the show on the road while doing multiple full time jobs realistically at the same time. What is actually happening in our brains and bodies, Neve, when we feel overwhelmed like that? Is it the same as a fight or flight response or is it different? It's the same. Yeah, it's the fight or flight. It's the perception of threat. So it's how we perceive a situation. So if you have, say, a single parent waking up at home and they're facing into a really long day without supports, uh, maybe two or three young children and they're going, oh, my God, I can't handle this. Their primitive brain will perceive that as, you know, something they can't handle. That's a threat, you know, in inverted commas, and it will flood you with adrenaline to help you deal with that. And you then respond by either fight or flight or freeze and the overwhelm is the freeze part that often gets overlooked in kind of threat mode where literally your brain will shut down when you there's too much information i think that's a particular part of this pandemic is there's so much information and there's so much change Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like well we have this roadmap but hopefully it will happen but maybe it won't and you know it's it's terribly uncertain we're watching numbers every day so that uncertainty creates a feeling of threat as well And what kinds of strategies can you sort of apply to help maybe manage that a little bit, that sense of, I mean, bearing in mind that you may also have three children screaming your name all at the same time (laughs) as you're trying to apply these strategies? The first thing I would say is go easy on yourself. Watch your expectations. You're not a parenting expert. All the supports and routine that we all rely on as families have been whipped out from under us. So really, really lower the expectations, whatever they were pre you know, COVID, bring them right down to let's just get through the day. It's this idea of sourdough baking and yoga classes at dawn, you know, that's lovely if you're able to do that and that brings you peace of mind. But if if it's just you're trying to stay sane, have a basic routine. Routine can really help if you're feeling overwhelmed and lost and dreading the day that if you put a, a very loose structure, but still some sort of a structure that can help because you're going you know, we're going for a walk at 11 and then we come back, we're going to have lunch and then we're going to sit down, we're going to watch a movie and then we're going to tidy the bedroom and then we're going to, that gives you something. You can see the day passing and you know you have a nice mix of things in there. So I think lower expectations and then keep things really simple and keep the kids involved in it if you can so that they're kind of buying into, okay, let's do this first and then we'll do that. We're living in uncertainty so if we can create little pods of certainty within our own lives that can be really helpful. That is literally what keeps me going uh, putting a structure on the day even if it's broad and kind of slightly vague. Mm. I need 
time points in my head at this time I'm going to do this because it is that thing it does make me feel like okay the day will pass because I do have mornings where I just feel like I cannot believe I'm facing into another day of this routine to me has always had this notion of like the tyranny of a routine you know but you can really see in the pandemic how it's not that it's a life raft it's something concrete and I think that's what helps when we're in in panic when we're in fight or flight mode or that freeze or overwhelm we're coming from the primitive part of our brain whereas when we have structure and we have to think about okay what am I going to do for this bit and what will I do later you're engaging the rational part of the brain the prefrontal cortex is kicking in and that's the bit that helps us kind of emerge back out of uh, the fight or flight or freeze that kind of grounds us as well by thinking about what am I going to be doing maybe jotting down a few things maybe getting the kids in colouring a timetable together for the weekend what would you like to do what would I like to do that all engages you know the rational part that helps us it helps provide that little bit of a sense of certainty and a, a sense of calm. I know what I'm doing here. Loose, as Louise is saying there, you know, nothing rigid. We really don't want anything black or white right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like we'll go with what works best for us. When you say if you have small kids and you're sitting down on a Saturday morning going, what are we going to do for the next 48 hours? Just because weekends tend to be less structured anyway, mm. uh, including yourself with the kids. You say to the kids, OK, you're going to do that and then I'm going to do this. So you might stick them in front of a movie while I sit and just chat with someone on the phone or maybe I'm reading a magazine while they're watching their movie. So it's about saying to the kids very clearly, I need a time out as well. Mm. Now, practically very difficult if you have very small kids. And I would think maybe if you can enroll family if there's anyone listening to this who has a friend or family member with young children get on board start ringing them up what can we do do a pop quiz with the kids do calls with the kids do you know there's lovely quizzes and stuff online that they can ask kids can ask their grandparents so at least if the kids are some way taken care of virtually even if it's for 20 minutes just to let somebody have a cup of coffee without being bamboozled by the 40 questions. I, I had one of those days yesterday. My husband was had to go and do something that took up most of the day. And I was kind of like, oh God, what am I going to do? And I te- I was texting a friend. I was saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, oh, well, I'll, I'll come for a walk with you. She lives within five gave me. So she came and she joined us on our walk. And I would have done that walk anyway, but it was so much better just having an adult there. And, you know, the fact that we can do that now is is really fantastic. So I think that's that's such a good, such good advice um, to, to friends and family, because so many of my friends have said, I wish I could help you. You know, I mm-hmm. wish there was something I could do. And now you can, you know, you can be a little bit of extra company or you can, you know, if the kids are old enough to, to be cool with the social distance, you can take them for a walk or whatever. And I can imagine even, Louise, when you have small kids like yours even just the idea of another adult to just see you in your struggle (laughs) is like useful you know yeah um and it's one of the reasons that I do talk about it on my on my social media is because it's not because I want to go on and have a moan it's because a lot of the time within the structure of feeling like you have to pretend like everything's perfect all the time women in particular I think can feel very lonely in parenthood all the time but but especially at the moment you know if you don't feel like you can say to your friend I'm having a terrible day this happened that happened I wanted to walk out the front door mm-hmm. you know if I'm there yeah I okay I'm you know arguably a stranger at the end of your Instagram stories but if I'm there going I'm having a terrible day I wanted to walk out the door then you know maybe yeah. you not, might not feel so alone you know I think that's what Louise is doing there she's normalizing struggle 
Yeah. And we're we're really bad, I think, in this country. We see making a mistake or not being perfect at something as, as somehow a terrible inherent flaw. And I think just saying, yeah, I'm not doing great at this or I've made mistakes today. I think that's fantastic. And I think it helps people feel less alone. It helps them stop judging and comparing themselves because social media uh, can ha- it has a big drawback of comparisons where you're looking at a curated you know uh, feed mm-hmm. and everyone's beaming and then you have someone like Louise will come in and go yeah no I just had the worst day and you're going oh thank god that's yes. makes me feel a little bit better a friend of mine near the beginning of all of this when the schools had closed and she's got a six-year-old and an 18-month-old so they can't do the same things really and they're also not at an age where you can just sort of say do this for an hour and that they can do it independently but she also has quite a sort of serious full-time job. And I remember chatting to her at the start and she was like, I just, I'm just failing at everything. I'm being a bad mom. I'm being a bad homeschooler. I'm being a bad whatever my job is. And I thought, oh, my God, like this was in March. You know, what is the damage that that can do to us, Neve, if we constantly feel less than, not good enough, failing at everything and that we just can't get a win over a prolonged period of time? I would be concerned, yeah, that it would have quite an impact maybe on their mood, that they would end up feeling low and fed up and maybe end up doing less. And I think that's where that whole um, the whole idea of self-criticism mm. is, is really important to call out and to really encourage people not to be their own worst critic. I've been running stories this week on my own social media asking and some of the things that people are saying to themselves that we say to ourselves mm. are so destructive. They, there's just nothing helpful in there at all you know we talk to ourselves in ways that we would never I bet your friend would never speak like that to if she had a colleague in the same position Mm. she would be sympathetic and she would be encouraging so it is I would really strongly lower expectations and be nice to yourself go easy that was how I opened my Mm. conversation this morning go easy on yourself that idea of self-compassion is really important compassion Mm. is about the spotting of suffering but also trying to alleviate it so you're trying to constructively do something and I think that notion what would I say to a friend Mm -hmm. can be really useful if you catch yourself if you're feeling bad you'll have a knot in your stomach you'll have a dread sense of dread of the day and you're thinking about yourself in that day a really good question is hang on a second how am I speaking to myself and is that how I would speak to somebody else in the same situation 99.99% of the time you wouldn't dream of talking like that to somebody else. Mm. So that's very important to flag that and that, you know, we have to be in our own corners as parents. We have to value our jobs. It's the most difficult, but the most important job. And then if we value it, we can see that, okay, it's this big task and I'm absolutely doing my best and try and get into your own corner do you know remember the Rocky films the old (laughs) the the coach guy Rocky we have to be our own coach we have to be shouting and roaring and Mm. tapping ourselves on and we just we're not good at that in this country we kind of we downplay everything do you struggle with that Louise or do you are you able to be in your own corner Uh, a bit of both for me at the moment I am incredibly lucky that I still get to come in at the weekend and do my job Um, I get to go to where I do my job Mm -hmm. and I get to do it and I like it and it it makes me feel good and I feel like I'm good at it Mm -hmm. and I think that in itself just that that twice twice a week I get to do something that I feel like I'm good at Mm -hmm. and walk away and say 
yeah, no, I, I, that was good. I think that's that's so helpful for me. Um, and so many people aren't getting that opportunity at the moment, which I think is a real challenge. But on a day to day basis with the kids, yeah, I definitely have that. I am, t- I'm bad at this. That you know, other people would be better. <laughs> um, you know, and and definitely at the start, I was trying to do a lot more than I am now. Like it's certainly gotten a lot more loosey goosey with the activities and all the rest and mm. um, there's more tv you know there's more all of that um but i've kind of tried to just accept that i am doing my best and you know i'm not a professional uh, child care worker who has been trained in ways to yeah. kind of entertain and manage children in this particular setting so all i can do is my best um and you know that's what i do tell my friends you're doing your best Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I'm telling myself and I've kind of managed to let go of at the start it was quite pronounced that feeling of failure Um, but I've managed to kind of let that go Um, and I just keep telling myself that it's not forever and um, in the grand scheme of things this is a few months of my children's lives and you know I, I if I can get through the day without doing permanent damage then you know it's a success. I think it's really important and I think Louise has pinpointed it there. You know, stress is a mixture. It's when the demands outstrip resources and the demands of parents have like quadrupled and I don't I can't put in, you know, they've just become massive in this pandemic while at the same time resources have been stripped out from underneath in terms of our social and our child minding and our families and our routines and our getting out and playground, you know, everything is gone. We can't change the external situation. There's nothing we can do about the pandemic. Well, we can follow all the guidelines and help the numbers stay really low. But from an internal point of view, Mm -hmm. we can be in our own corner and not be making these huge, unachievable demands and then recognise that if we're struggling, we're not failing, we're trying really hard. Neve saying stress happens when demand outstrips resources was a major aha moment for me and you too, I hope. I think it's a phrase that just neatly communicates to all of us why we're finding this hard and particularly parents. It's mathematics at the end of the day, you know. I also think Louise's candour is so important, as we've talked about before here We don't help ourselves or each other by pretending that everything's grand. It helps us to share our experience with someone else and it also helps others. That idea of bearing witness, of seeing and naming the human experience is core to our well-being. Whatever parenting experience you're in at the moment, you're playing a blinder. Keep going. If you'd like to hear more from Louise, you can tune in to 2FM Saturday and Sunday mornings at nine o'clock and you can find more information about Neve's work at themindgym.ie. This podcast is created and edited by Paul Moriarty and me, Jandy Lanagon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. And in the meantime, take care. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.